There is a strong force at work in the world today. It's affecting millions of people, manipulating, immobilizing, demoralizing, and destroying lives. It has been influencing people for thousands of years, and it is a spirit of fear. But as children of God, we do not have to come under the destructive power of the spirit of fear. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, if you're here tonight and your faith is strong, that's wonderful. And I just want you to take note of this Bible study tonight because you will need it in the future. But for now, just know that the spirit of fear actively attacks your faith. Its goal is to destroy your faith. Now, for those who are here tonight or those watching online and you're struggling with fear, God wants you to replace fear with faith. And that's what we're going to look at tonight in the Word of God, and that's the title of this Bible study, Replace Fear with Faith. I want you to say that to someone sitting beside you, replace fear with faith. I want you to notice the emphasis there. You have a role to play. You have an active part in replacing fear with faith. Now, we're not all struggling with the same fears. Some of you are struggling with the realization that God is calling you to become more involved in ministry at your local church and in your community and even beyond. Especially the messages that have been preached over the past several weeks. There's a very clear call for us to respond. And some of you are just afraid what that's going to look like. How, how am I going to actually do this? And there's a bit of fear in responding in ministry in your local area and community in a more intentional and active way. Some of you desire to pursue goals and dreams, but you're afraid to take that first step. Some of you sitting here tonight or watching online are struggling with social anxiety and fear to the point it is immobilizing you and negatively affecting relationships. And then there are others who see no hope for a better tomorrow. So you are slowly slipping into a state of depression or you are already there. Whatever form of faith you're struggling with tonight, do not allow the enemy to take away your faith in a better tomorrow. Guard your faith. Protect it. Because the enemy attacks your faith because he knows a certain truth. Ray Johnson shares this truth in his book entitled The Hope Quotient. And I quote, Where there is no faith in the future, there is no power in the present. No matter what you are facing right now, remember, God is in control. 
God always has the final say. Sometimes we just need to remind ourselves of a transformational truth that God desires His children to replace fear with faith. A very familiar story that serves as a great example of how to replace fear with faith is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's the story of David and Goliath. And I want to look at this story, a common story, that most of us, if not all of us, could just stand and tell the story from memory. But I believe there are some truths in this story that apply to us tonight. So let's begin with the obvious. Young David has faith, but the nation of Israel has fear. Israel allowed fear to keep them immobilized, but David chose faith, which liberates. We're going to use these two words as acronyms, fear and faith, to remind ourselves as children of God how we can replace fear with faith. So let's start with the word fear and break down this word as an acronym, F-E-A-R, the four destructive steps of fear that lead to defeat. The first letter is F. You see, when we look at the story in 1 Samuel chapter 17, Israel focused only on the problem. They started talking about the problem, focusing, fixated on the problem. He's over nine feet tall. His coat of mail weighs 125 pounds. He has brass armor on his shins. The tip of his spear weighs 15 pounds. They're quoting more details about the problem than their God. He shouts threats and insults at Israel, and they cower in fear because they're focused only on the problem. And then we see in the letter E, they expect it to be defeated. When Saul and the Israelites heard the threats and the insults that the problem was hurling their way, they were terrified. And the Bible says that they were deeply shaken. They were affected. They were immobilized. You see, fear gathers strength by getting you to focus on what could be. Not on what really is, but what might happen. What could happen. Maybe, possibly. And you focus on that and fear gathers strength from that. You see, fear is putting your expectations in the wrong places or on the wrong things. And Israel expected to be defeated. And it was causing them to lose the victory before they even started. This fear, the letter A, there's an attitude of self-protection. Their king 
sadly, was modeling this. David hears what's going on, but the king's not willing to fight Goliath. And as soon as Israel sees Goliath come out and challenge them, they're scared. Now, interestingly enough, the name Goliath is a boy's name of Hebrew origin, meaning exile or exposer. Think about that for a moment. You see, Goliath will expose any weakness you have. He will cut you off from your faith. He'll exile you if he can. Israel was known by all the other nations as the people of God. These were the children of God. But yet they were living in fear. My brothers and sisters, you can be known as the people of God. We can come to the house of God, yet we can be living in fear. And a Goliath will expose that weakness sooner or later. David comes and he tells Saul, I'll fight this Philistine. And King Saul says, there's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're just a boy and he's been a man of war from his youth. <laughs> well, thank you, my king, for that vote of confidence. That's a real morale builder right there. But you see, King Saul had an attitude of self-protection, self-preservation, and he was pushing that down to the people. And so when David steps forward and says, well, I'll fight him, he's like, you're just a youth. You've got your whole life in front of you. There's no need to be a hero today. Let me just give you perspective. This guy that you want to fight has been a man of war from his youth. You're young. David, protect yourself because the odds are not in your favor. Meanwhile, King Saul and the nation is forgetting their very history. When have the odds ever been in Israel's favor? God brings them out of Egypt with a mighty hand. He parts the Red Sea. They walk through on dry ground by faith. And when the enemy tries to do in the flesh what God's people did in faith, they died. They were destroyed by the very thing that saved the people of Israel, the Red Sea. It, they've always been outnumbered, but when there's an attitude of self-protection, it's going to immobilize you. It's going to manipulate you. It's going to demoralize you. That's what fear does. And so there was really no other alternative but the letter R. And so Israel ran from the problem. When fear presents itself, psychologists tell us that there are three possible responses. Fight, flight, or freeze. The first response of fight will happen when you believe there is a possibility that you will win. 
if there's just a little conviction that you will conquer, then you fight. Because there's just this ray of hope that if I just give it everything I've got, I won't be destroyed. I won't die in this dilemma. I will be victorious. And so you fight. You see, when your expectation is in the right place, everything changes. Psalm 62 verse 5 says, my soul, wait silently for God alone. Why? For my expectation is from him. Israel has fear and they respond with flight and freeze. Young David has faith. And he responds with fight. No, he doesn't have everything together. No, he doesn't have the odds in his favor. But there's enough courage and conviction in him that he says, I won't run from this problem. I'm going to fight. And so we're about to see the five positive choices of faith that David has that leads upward into action and victory. We start with the letter F. David focused on God. David gets to the battlefield just in time for when they're going out to set the battle in array. In other words, they're just going into their battle formations. And David runs in the troop and he hears people talking like, this is what the king's going to give to the person who fights Goliath. And so David starts asking the nearby soldiers, what is it that the man's going to get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? And they say, well, you're going to be very wealthy and you get to marry one of the king's daughters and your whole family's going to be exempt from taxes. Well, isn't that a good thing? <laughs> this time of the year, I'll fight. <laughs> but you see, fear doesn't respond to opportunity. Fear is all about self-protection. <laughs> it's all about, oh, no, I, I can't take the risk. And so you can never move forward when fear starts working in your spirit and your mind. But David focused on God. You see, focus determines future. I want you to say that to two people beside you. Focus determines future. Focus determines future. When you focus only on the problem, you easily become overwhelmed and pessimistic. But when you focus on God, you become hopeful and courageous. One man said, courage is not the absence of fear, but the acknowledgement that there is a cause that is greater and so you move forward. Not that you're not afraid some. 
but there's a cause that's greater than this fear that's trying to immobilize you. You see, David anticipated God's help. That's the letter A in faith. We see that Goliath tries to intimidate David, just like he was doing with the entire nation of Israel. But there's a difference now. When Goliath hurls his taunts and his insults at David, when he finally sees David coming, he's like, what? Am I a small boy? Am I a dog, he says, that you're coming to me with this stick? Come here, you little boy. Come to daddy. I'm going to break you in pieces. I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David doesn't miss a beat. We read in 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, David replies to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Listen to verse 6. Today. Everyone say today. Right now. You know, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. And David said today, The Lord will conquer you. Notice where the emphasis is. Not on what David can do. Not even of what David will do. But what David's God will do. He said today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you. You see, we're going to see in just a moment, you have to take part in the process of replacing fear with faith. You just can't say a prayer and say, God, deliver me. He can, but he requires our involvement. And David says, I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the bodies of your men Wow. You see, once faith starts working, sometimes you'll surprise yourself what you start saying. David said, this shepherd boy's like, I'm not even coming after you. I'm killing everybody. Or I'm just cleaning house. Or like, whoa. He says, the very thing you said to me, I'm saying to everybody. All the enemies of God are going to be destroyed. Why? Because David just knew that's how big my God is. And in verse 47, and everyone assembled here, notice his motivation. It wasn't himself. This had nothing to do with self-protection or self-exaltation. David says, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. But not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle. And he will give you to us. David anticipated God's help. And because of that, he did not run away from the problem. He ran towards the problem. He said, I'm going to address the issue head on. 
And then we come to the third letter in faith, I. You see, David insisted on being involved. David says to King Saul, don't worry about this Philistine. I will go fight him. You see, God has chosen to work with people and through people. It's not a matter of can God. God can. But will you let him? Will you allow him to work in you and through you? Because faith always requires involvement. I wonder if sometimes giants remain and trouble us because we delay involvement. Yes, prayer is absolutely essential. Prayer is vital. But after you've finished praying, there's a role you need to do. There's a part you need to play. You've got to insist on being involved in the process. God desires active participants that he can work in and through for his glory. We see when David agreed to fight Goliath, Saul said, well, take my armor. Here's all of the right tools and the equipment, the things that I think you need to conquer this giant. And David had it all on. And to me, it's always, when I read the story, I smile some because I'm thinking, unless I'm forgetting something, King Saul's head and shoulders above everybody in Israel. This must look like quite a sight. Here, try my armor. Like his head's maybe kind of sticking out of the coat of mail. And David's like, I haven't tried these. You know, but King Saul's out of relationship with God. His recommendations just won't work. But David says... I know I don't look like much, and I really am not much in myself, but I do have an active relationship with God, and I've proven my God when nobody else was watching, when nobody else was with me. God's delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, and he's going to do the same. There's faith speaking again. He's anticipating God's help. He's going to do the same with this uncircumcised Philistine. And so we see the letter T, the fourth point here in faith. David took time to prepare. Now, sometimes your preparation may be shorter than you think it needs to be. Sometimes it may be longer than it needs to be. Sometimes you may feel your preparation isn't enough. The time or the quantity is not always the issue, but what is important is that you're conscious of the fact I need to prepare. In other words, I need to do what I'm capable of doing with what I have, and then I leave the rest to God. You see, the Bible says before David engaged Goliath, he stopped by the stream, he bent down, and he took five smooth stones. You know, some 
translations are very particular in saying five smooth stones. They weren't just any stone. He took the time to find the stones he knew were just right for his sling. Because if anybody knew how to sling a sling, David did. And he said, I, I need to just take the time to prepare. I know it feels limited. I mean, this is not much. And see, the enemy's trying to get some of you to focus on how, limit, how limited you feel your preparation is. But God's word is telling you, if you'll just take the time to do what you're capable of doing, then let God do what you're incapable of doing. David took those smooth, five smooth stones, he put them in his shepherd's bag, and then armed only with a shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to the Philistines. I want to remind someone tonight to get the right things in your hand and in your head. The Word of God. Get the right thing in your hand and in your head. Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Get the Word in your head because there's going to be times when you feel like Will I make it or not? But you just start quoting the word of God that he's never failed me yet. David said, I have been young, now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are safe. David took time to prepare and then he engaged with the enemy. And this brings us to the last letter, H. David's faith had an impact on everyone around him. The results of your faith is that it impacts more people than you realize. All you're doing is what you feel God's called you to do. All you're doing is what you feel compelled to do because you just can't stand by and allow the enemy to disgrace the name of Jesus. And so you're doing your efforts. Well, I, I'm just going to go downtown and I'm going to feed the homeless because that's something I can do or I can bake this or I can. You do what you can do. But I promise you, your faith is going to have an impact on others around you. We read in 1 Samuel 17, 51, Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from his, its sheath. That's after he threw that stone and Goliath falls face down. Then David takes the enemy's sword. When you become an active participant in the fight and you have taken the time to prepare to the best of your ability, then God will provide what is needed for you to complete the victory. David didn't go with the sword, but to complete this victory, he needed a sword. But God said, you prepared with what you were capable of doing I'm going to make sure you have what is needed to complete the victory. And David cuts off his head 
And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. And I love verse 52. Then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph. These are the same men that were cowering, hiding in the trenches, not willing to engage Goliath. But now they're chasing the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. They're willing to run a marathon now to chase down the enemy, and they wouldn't cross the brook to fight one man. What happened? David's faith had an impact on everyone around him. And in a moment, the people of God were able to replace fear with faith. And once they did that, they engaged the enemy and they chased them down. You see, there's always two choices. You will live under the influence of fear or you will live under the influence of faith. And it really is your choice. Living under the influence of fear is prison. But living under the influence of faith is freedom. We know that in the transition from Moses to Joshua, what a responsibility Joshua had to lead the children of Israel into the promised land and after the death of Moses, God encourages Joshua and gives him instructions. But he begins with a question in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. He's reminding him, look, I've told you this. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The prophet in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 declares, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. No matter what you are struggling with right now, remember, fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. It will not tell you the full truth. It will distort the truth and it will try to get you to focus only on the problem and then develop an attitude of self-protection. I can't put myself out there because what if I fail? Mm, you see, fear gathers its strength by getting you to focus on what could be, not on what is, and normally not really on what actually happens. But if it can get you to focus on what could be, then it immobilizes you. It manipulates, it demoralizes, and it destroys your life. But right here, right now, God wants you to move from fear to faith. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I love this verse because no matter what you're struggling with, if it's important to you 
it's important to God. You can say, but, but what I'm struggling with, others may, it, it may seem so insignificant to them. It doesn't matter. If you care about it, God cares about it. Psalm 34, verse 4, the psalmist said, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. If you will insist on being involved, tonight God can deliver you from whatever type of fear, whatever form of fear you're struggling with. God can, but most of the time he's waiting for us to engage to become involved. Our final verse for tonight is Psalm 118, verse 6 and 8. The psalmist said, the Lord is on my side. You can just stop right there and know everything's going to be all right. If when I really believe the Lord is on my side, <laughs> No matter what you're struggling with, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it through. The psalmist goes on and says, I will not fear. You see, that's the response to the belief. When you believe the Lord is on your side, then the response is then I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Whatever problem you are struggling with tonight, God is greater. Whatever you are going through, God is bigger. Whatever your weakness may be, God is stronger. You may be fearful that a certain relationship may not work out. You may be fearful of getting sick, contracting a sickness. You may be struggling with a fear of inadequacy. I don't feel like I'm going to measure up. I don't know what fear is trying to manipulate, demoralize, immobilize, or destroy your life. But I do know that God's power is present tonight to deliver. God's power is present tonight. You can replace fear with faith. And you can experience the power of deliverance and victory. I just want to invite you to stand to your feet. Place fear with faith. Don't focus on the problem. Focus on God. Anticipate God's help. Insist from this point forward, I'm going to take an active part every day in this fight, in this process. I will not give up. I'm going to prepare in any way I can because I understand that I may think my life 
is not that big, but my faith will have an impact on those around me. If you're struggling with fear in any form, I'm going to invite you to take a step of faith tonight. And if you're not comfortable, that's fine, but there's something that many of us know about fear. I know about fear. If you don't engage it, it will not go away. Fear is not polite. <laughs> the spirit of fear never takes a back seat. It's always front and center. And so if you have fear in any form, but as the Word of God was going forth tonight, you were get, getting understanding and being reminded that, hey, I've got to become an active participant in this pro process. It's not enough for me just to pray, God, deliver me from fear. I've got to engage this. Then I'm inviting you just to take a step of faith and come to the front and just talk to God. You can stand. You can kneel. You can sit on the front row. But you see, I've, I've learned that just taking that step in and of itself is telling fear, you have no hold on me. That I'm just going to walk by faith. And for some of you, I know, I know how real faith is. Some of you right now, you're struggling in your mind right now. Well, I don't know. What will people think? It doesn't matter what people think. Fear's manipulating you through your thoughts of what other people will think. But if you're ready, God is willing to help you replace fear with faith. And when you leave this place tonight, you're going to leave feeling lighter. You're going to leave with the joy in your spirit. Just begin to talk to God. That's right. Casting all your cares upon Him, knowing that He cares for you. The psalmist said, cast your burdens upon the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never suffer or allow the righteous to be moved. Oh, that's beautiful. Just begin to talk to God. Even in your seats, talk to God wherever you're most comfortable with. But what I'm encouraging you to do is you've got to engage. You've got to engage the enemy. He will not go away. Goliath insulted Israel for 40 days. He was not going away until a little shepherd boy said, I'm going to engage him today. And when he did, that was the end. I speak to some of you tonight upon the authority of the Word of God that as you engage your Goliath tonight, he will fall tonight. That verse we read earlier that said today, today the Lord will conquer you. Somebody just needs to make that a declaration of faith and speak right now. Today, the Lord will conquer you. Whatever that form of fear is that's been intimidating you, that's been trying to manipulate you, I'm encouraging you, make that declaration of faith and say tonight, 
the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you. Don't forget that last part. You've got to insist on being an active participant. Yes, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. There's victory in the house. There's victory in the house. Claim it in Jesus' name. we transition and I just turn it back to Pastor Matt I just want us to pray together and I want to lead you and pray for you right now and I just want you to join your heart together, your ears and give that affirmation of amen if it's applying to you but right now I believe that God can release a victory right now you're right there, some of you are right there but as we pray and join our faith together, we can experience a victory. Father, we stand as one body. We stand as the people of God. Lord, struggling in our humanity. Lord, with real issues and fear that tries to immobilize us. But tonight we also step forward as people of faith. And I pray right now, God, for every believer that is under the sound of my voice, that is struggling with any form of fear. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, as they are willing to initiate, as they are willing to become involved, I pray, God, right now that you will destroy and conquer in the name of Jesus Christ whatever form of fear that has been immobilizing them, demoralizing them, that's been manipulating and controlling and trying to destroy their lives. I speak victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Let them understand that greater is He that is in them than he that is in the world. Let your people understand that the God who has begun a good work in them is able to complete that work. Being confident of this very thing that when God is for you, nobody can be against you. 
why don't you together as one body let's just give a big amen and say it's done i believe it i receive it